This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this podcast, I visit with Brita Miller. Brita is a longtime caregiver who now advises companies on how to support employees who are caregivers at home as well. We talk about the importance of this support in the age of coronavirus. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today I have with me Brita Miller. Brita uh, is or has been a caregiver, and now she helps people around with issues around that. And I thought it would be really interesting to explore her background and her perspective in the era of not only a coronavirus health crisis, but working from home and perhaps even the economic dislocation brought on by these factors. So, Brita, first of all, uh, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Well, thank you, Tom. It's my pleasure. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, well, I was uh, an accidental caregiver. I had no training. <laughs> I uh, wasn't a social worker, wasn't a nurse, didn't know what I didn't know. All I knew is that I loved my mother. And when she had a stroke and then couldn't stay in her own home, she moved into our home. And, uh, you know, it was good until it wasn't. And she became a very frail, developed congestive heart failure, had a broken hip, had a, a lot of different issues. And uh, we cared for her in our home. I was the primary caregiver, had an office in my home as well. So uh, I had the worst of both worlds. I never got to leave. <laughs> and uh, But we cared for her through hospice, and she took her last breath in her own bed in our home. And I learned so much, and uh, now I'm, I'm helping other people in the same situation. And indeed, you work with organizations to support professionals and uh, people with uh, who have found themselves in this situation. Now that we'll uh, talk a little bit about your your current work at the end, but it struck me that with the now vast majority of Americans, at least with white collar jobs, working from home, there could be an entire new level of stress for caregivers. That uh, it, not that. They weren't completely stressed out before, but now they've got to worry about something else. So I was wondering uh, if you're getting questions uh, along those lines for people who are now working from home, who were either were caregivers, are caregivers, or even have a loved one who's in a facility that they can't go visit now because of the uh, CDC lockdown of at-risk individuals. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. The the stress level is 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 beyond description because you have people who um may be working at home and who are not accustomed to juggling and managing all the needs of uh, elderly parents who might be living with them or who have moved in with them because they didn't feel safe in their own homes. And so uh, one of the biggest things that I've learned, uh, caregivers have always felt very isolated because they're taking care of of their loved one. 
but they could always look forward to some respite. They could look forward to a, a paid caregiver, an outside person who might come in and give them a rest, give them a break. And with this uh, stay-at-home orders, with this lockdown, with this worry about being contagious and the the, the fragility of, a, of an elder in your home, you really can't do that. And then this other layer of uh, people who can't visit their loved ones, you know, who are looking, um, if they're even able to, to go to the, the, the community where their loved one is living and look through the window. But maybe they live out of state and they can't do that. So uh, the, the pain, the anxiety, the worry. And here's the thing. People second guess their decisions when they are caregiving more than any other time in life. I've never met a caregiver who said, you know, I made all the right decisions all the time. I'm perfectly comfortable with uh, my decision to uh, place my mom in in a senior care facility, or I made the right decision to leave her in her own place or to move in with me. We second guess that all the time. And this is amplified and ramped up every single day now with COVID. How do you help a organization, a professional or, or an individual sort of work through all of these emotions and feelings, uh, as you said, now super amplified because of COVID-19? Yeah, it's it's so important to be aware that, you know, here's the thing, Tom, many, many people who are caregivers don't call themselves caregivers. I mean, there's senior C-level executives who um, may not be the hands-on caregiver for their mom or dad, but they're handling the financial decisions, or they are hiring staff who are caring for their parent. And um, that burden, that weight of responsibility, that, that questioning of, are these the right decisions that I'm making, is huge. They have one level of stress, but then when you look at a, a, a staff member all down the chain of the organization, there's no one that this this covers every socioeconomic level there is. So the point is is to know and be mindful when people are stressed, and to be as flexible as you can. Know that this doesn't go on forever, but. Unlike, say, a maternity leave where someone can anticipate, okay, at nine months, I'm going to be out for three months, unavailable and, and not, not uh, back to work. When you're responsible for, for a fragile elder, you don't know when that call is going to come at three in the morning that mom's fallen or something like that. So it's about being prepared and um, being being patient and having resources available, whether that is um, having staff that are available and trained to step into other people's roles um, or having uh, the resources available to help with people with uh, to get care when they're able to do that outside health agencies, that kind of thing. Rita, do you work with organizations to help them set up support within companies uh, for uh, individuals or employees, I should say, that uh, are caregivers? And if so, uh, how would you uh, help them through working through issues in this time frame? 
Yeah, thank you, Tom. I do. Um, w- one of the most important things is for people to realize that, you know, self-care is essential in this because if, uh, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, but if you're stressed out and exhausted, you're more likely to become ill yourself and you're not going to be able to function at your best level. That means you're not going to be able to work when you're at work and you're not going to be able to be the caregiver that you want to be for your loved one. So this idea of taking care of our own mental and physical health. That's where I step in and I offer programs to organizations. So whether it's doing um, a a keynote for a team meeting, whether it is doing virtual training, um, I'm I'm starting a new program where they can, uh, organizations can have me come in virtually because now we're all so comfortable with Zoom and everything else um, to just two two or three minutes every week where they can uh, give their team a foundation. We can talk about how do you manage, how do you take care of yourself so that you can be your best self at work and you can not have regrets. You can be your best self when you need to care for others. Um, Ongoing communications is going to be something that business professionals and compliance professionals who listen to this podcast are very familiar with. Why is that so important now uh, for employee mental health for employees who are working from home? Um, the, the, the problem of isolation, of, of thinking, I'm the only one who's, who's suffering with this. I'm the only one who's not handling this well. So many times we assume everybody else has it all figured out. Everybody else knows how to do this. So communication, understanding, knowing what resources are out there. We don't have to do this all by ourselves. And fortunately, in this age of communication, whether it's Zoom, whether it's the internet, there are so many great resources that are available. But if we don't know about them, we can't tap into them and we can't make the best use of them. And also, I was really intrigued by your thoughts about uh, you as a, not only a professional, but really an outside expert coming in to do a virtual conference or a virtual meeting or even a virtual something with uh, members mm-hmm. of an organization. Would that be of value at this point in time? I, I think absolutely, because it's it's a different perspective. I, I, I used to say, you know, I'm I'm not a nurse. I'm not a social worker. And then when I spoke with social workers and nurses, and, and leaders of organizations, they said, Brita, that's the magic because you're not approaching this from a clinical point of view. You're not coming to it assuming people know things that nurses and social workers already know. Your point of view is that of a family caregiver who doesn't know what they don't know, and you speak honestly, and I tell people the way it is and how I was able to figure out things, and and most of it honestly has to do with your mindset and, and finding ways to cope, finding resources, and knowing that you do the very best you can on any given day. And uh, if it doesn't go well, you do your best tomorrow. Brita, can companies set up uh, perhaps not policies, but at least processes to um, uh, come into play if someone becomes a caregiver or to come into play in situations like we have now with COVID-19 that are truly extraordinary circumstances so that uh, someone like yourself or other outside expert could be called in, but there'd be a specific resource and implementation plan of a program. Is that something uh, that you uh, work with companies for? I do. And I think one of the hardest things, Tom, is that 
employees are very hesitant to be forthright. They're, they're hesitant to even say that they are responsible for a parent or that they're responsible for, uh, as a caregiver because there, there are so many unknowns. And I think the, the most important thing is communication to set up, uh, a mind, uh, an environment where staff and managers and, and teams can communicate to be prepared that when an emergency comes up, because it's going to, that bases are covered, clients are being cared for, that the things do not fall apart just because an emergency has happened. But there has to be trust. And so the, the idea of that acknowledging that this is the reality and here, here's how, here's our plan. Here's how we're going to move forward so you can feel supported because it doesn't last forever. Um, I do a lot of work in uh, recovery community. And one of the things we try to emphasize there is um, reach out, ask for help, ask for, ask for a friend, ask, talk to somebody. Do those concepts uh, work in the caregiver world as well? Oh, absolutely. Because again, that idea of isolation, I'm the only one because, you know, when I was caring for my mom and she developed incontinence, um, you know, when you're, a, when you're a parent and you're potty training a child, other parents talk about that. They'll say, oh, so are you using uh, pull-ups or are you doing this kind of thing? I got to tell you, no one ever said to me, so is your mom using Depends yet? <laughs> no one ever asked me those questions. So I didn't know what was normal. I didn't know when I should bring it up to the doctor, when we should look at other options, or even how to have that conversation so that I could maintain my mom's dignity, but at the same time, save my furniture. <laughs> Sabrina, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if anyone wanted uh, more information on either yourself or the services you provide on a consulting basis, how could they find out more? Oh, thank you, Tom. Yes, well, I have a website, of course, and it's uh, pretty easy to find me. It's BridaMiller.com, and that is B-R-E-E-D-A Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R.com. There's a page there, contact information. My phone number is there, my email address, and I'd be happy to, to speak with you about ways that I can support you and your organization. Well, Rita, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to visit with me. And uh, as we move into sort of the next phases in Q3 and 4, uh, I hope I can call upon you again for some additional advice. Oh, I'd love it very much, Tom. Thank you. And thank you so much for even thinking about this as, as just a challenge. Oftentimes, people don't, don't realize it until they're in the thick of it. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This is the only B2B podcast which brings clear and sane information for both the compliance professional and the business executive. If I could ask you uh, to do one thing, if you could tell one person about this podcast, I'm trying to get the word out uh, about this most unique podcast in the Compliance Podcast Network. So if you could tell one person about it, send them a copy, send them a link, do something. Uh, to help me publicize this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Compliance and Coronavirus is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and it appears Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of each week. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.